everybody. Welcome back to the Great Garage Pod with Coach Jason Pridmore, presented by Bike911.com. You got some legal stuff you need handled? Go check out Bike911.com. Alex Asante is a motorcycle rider, and he's got your best interests at heart. Please welcome back to the podcast, Jason Pridmore. JP, what is up, dude? How are you? G-Dub. I'm good. I'm great. I'm great. I was, uh, you know, I was very happy. Very proud of you last week, G-Dub, for having, the bro- <laughs> having your brother on. Very proud of you indeed. <laughs> good old well, Jeff White. He did a yeah. he did a great job standing in and you know, I figured I might not have a job anymore. <laughs> no, please. There was probably some I people out there I can't, hoping listen, the same. This is, the pe- people don't understand like when we're in the booth, the good thing is is that you and I have been friends for so long that I know exactly what I can ask you and what I can't ask you. Like I don't I'm never going to like <laughs> ask you a question that's going to bury you and have you go, "I don't know," you know, but with with Jeff White, I don't know how much he's into. I mean, he loves Moto America, dude. Like he knows, he reads all everything. Yeah. He talks to his buddies and stuff. But I didn't know that he even watched Supercross or any of that stuff. So I just didn't know like how deep I could go to ask him. And then he's he's got a tendency to lock up a little bit. He's great, dude. Jeff White, man. Yeah, yeah, he was great. Dude. We had a good time, but listening to it anyway. So it was good. All right. Well, he's a good fill in. And, you know, now he bought a microphone. So he's like, dude, dude next time, next time, why, hey, dude, just give me like, just give me like more than like two hours. Like, because uh, I, I called him. I know he told and me. And it was, it was 930 <laughs> in the morning and Best Buy opened at 10. So I was like, uh, as soon as Best Buy opens, go down, buy a mic and we're going to do this thing. He's like, oh, dude, I don't have any time to prepare. Like, what are you doing? I don't, I don't have time to prepare. You sound just like him too. <laughs> sound just like him. He's the best though. Actually, and so thanks Jeff for yeah. doing that for me. Yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah, he's. I guess he's heading out to Chuck Wild this weekend, so he is going this weekend. But obviously, yeah, here and yeah, not Daytona. this weekend now, but like the following the, weekend. Yeah. yeah, for SoCal Track Days. Yeah, he'll be out there at Chuck Wild for that. And I just got. We're at Daytona. Yeah, I just got back from there. I've been gone for. I've been gone for nine days. I started with um, all the Let's Ride, all the Let's Ride crew out at Button Willow for Sunday Monday, and it was perfect. We had great, great two days out there, and then I um. Drove Monday night to Ontario, and then Tuesday drove to Chuckwalla. And I'm not kidding you; it it blew 70 mile an hour Tuesday night. Insane. You know the little road GW that you take from like the, our garages back up to the cabins, right? Yeah. I, I couldn't see the road. Like honestly, wow. couldn't see the road. It was like a whiteout, and it I've never seen it like that before out there. I've never seen it that bad. I mean, obviously, I've been to Chuckwalla 10 million times, and um, I've never seen it, <laughs> the wind blow that bad, but. That just was kind of the start of a crazy week. We didn't ride at all on Wednesday, and then Thursday, Friday got uh, Thursday was was okay. Friday was okay, a little bit cold, but Saturday was pretty miserable out there for the first day of the races. Cloudy, rainy, blowing thirty. It was just one of those days. And then Sunday was perfect out there. Sunday was was absolutely perfect. So well, that's that's good. And a lot of racing. We're Moto America people out there. I know. It's, yeah, Daytona's right around the corner, so I didn't know if people were going to be out there spending money. <clears throat> yeah, no, there was. Uh, well, Kayla was out there, and Cody Wyman was out there. Corey Alexander, um, Michael Gilbert, and Owen Williams were out there getting ready on their new seven fifties. But there was some stuff going on there where CVMA hasn't quite updated all their their rules. I guess yet. I guess you could say. So yeah. they weren't letting the 750s go in the same class as the 600s, you know, kind of like it's all a Moto America kind of rules out there. So there's some things that they'll get worked out there to probably allow a few of the other bikes, you know, into that class. Um, so it was a shame to see those guys not be able to ride. Dave Anthony was out there on a, on a, on a new built R6. Um, he left after Saturday though, even though he won the race and looked good. He's riding the Daytona 200, I think on a 600. So that's going to be cool to see Dave down there. Um, so yeah, there was there was quite a few people there. Um, let's see, Corey won the big bike class, and um, Anthony Norton. Nice to see him ripping again. He ended up second, and Ezra Bobier, another guy. Ezra uh, was out there with Caleb DeCarroll also, so they were out there. Um, and in the super sport class, it was uh, Colstead ended up winning the, oh. the. He's riding great, so. You know, I'm not sure what he's exactly going to be doing moving forward into the year, but um, but yeah, it was busy out there. It was it was good, and um, hopefully, hopefully, I think they got two rounds to go. That's good. Yeah. Good. 
Well, yeah, in this good. week's podcast, man, we got a ton to talk about because yeah. World Superbike had their season opener. We obviously have some news coming at you. Uh, we'll give away a Moto America Live Plus code to someone in our Supercross Fantasy. And, of course, we'll talk about Supercross and Supercross Fantasy and all that kind of stuff. So, don't forget, if you are playing Supercross Fantasy with us in the Pulp MX Fantasy, we'll talk more about this. But first prize is an Arai helmet and a set of Dunlop Q5 tires. If you want to support the channel, go to patreon.com slash Greg's Garage TV. If you like what we're doing here and want to support us, we really appreciate it. So with that, why don't we get to news presented by Arai? Hey, the Pro Shade system is Arai's answer to the internal sunshade by having an external drop-down sunshade as opposed to one that is... Why did the volume get so high, Jason? That baffles the mind. <laughs> there you go. Uh, anyway, oh yeah, it's a stupid mouse I have. So the Pro Shade system... It, uh, as opposed to that liner that's inside of the EPS liner or the little shade, impact absorption performance is diminished, but maximum EPS thickness is retained across the front and sides of the head where the internal drop-down lens would go and the pivot mechanism and all that kind of stuff. So the Pro Shade system's really cool. Check it out at AriAmericas.com for all the information. By the way, did you see the new helmet that dropped? The new replica helmet that Arise got coming out? No, I didn't see it. Hmm. Well, as a, you know. Did they make a Greg White Speed Channel replica? <laughs> I know. No. Do you remember that? They I remember did not. that. I remember yeah, that. Helmet. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. I've had a few of those. No. So you know yep. that like my latest Arai is that Johnny Ray replica. Uh, Actually, yes. I don't think I posted about it, right? It's the Johnny Ray replica, the one from when they made the special livery. Yep, the green, the, the old, yep. the, the one, yeah, the one that they ran at. Uh, God, where would they run that last year? Was it in Indonesia? I don't remember. No, it wasn't Indo. Could have been. Yeah, where was green Al, and purple and all that stuff? I was so, running the Top Gun colors. Yep, yeah, they switched. Yeah. They switched. Right? right. So he ran yep. Top Gun one day, and then they switched back and forth. So this new one, this new replica they have out is an Ayogura. It's an Ayogura oh, replica. Oh, look at you! So You're, Jeff Wheel was like, "Are you okay? Are you going to be like going do, hero do we boy?" Need to, I'm like, yeah. Dude, come on, man. I love eyes. My boy, we're tight. We took a That's photo right. together. You know what I mean? I fanboyed out for a second, but no, replica? I don't, Jay, should I? Should I? I think you need to. For you, you do. Uh, and then we, mm. But we were, we're not going to, uh, we won't be going to MotoGP, huh? I know. No, I mean, yeah. I'm, I don't have any plans to go. We're going to Coda, but we're going I'm, to Coda. I'm Moto stoked America that we're doing a standalone. I'm, I'm happy we're doing a standalone event, honestly. Me, me too. I think it's great for Moto America to go there, run their full gamut of classes that they're going to run and uh do it that way it's people don't realize it's a hard weekend for the moto america racers you know when we when we intertwine with anything moto gp or world superbike it's it's a little tougher on our crews and our teams and our riders and our staff you know as far as moto america staff it's it's a, not an easy weekend and i think us just being able to run our own weekends will be a lot a lot better don't you reckon yeah, no, I agree 100%. You know, having super bikes go out and ride at 7.30 in the morning for practice, then they don't yeah. get to race till 5 o'clock at night, that's a tough deal. And, that's and crazy. It, it makes sense. I mean, MotoGP is its own standalone, you know, Correct. everything, system. It's about making sure that the track is prepped and ready to go, and there's a lot of factors that go into it. But, yeah, I mean. it's Yeah, it's just a circumstantial thing. It's not like. None of us would want to be a part of it, but it's just only only so much time you have in a day. So that's just where those guys get squeezed in, and it makes it yeah, it makes it for a long hard day for for everybody involved on the Moto America side of things. It makes it makes it pretty. Plus, you don't get to run your full your full complement of classes. I mean, Superbike only, and that's right. The other classes would like to race Coda. You know, it's a it's it's a I don't know why. Not a fan. <laughs> well, you know it is. It's uh, yeah. It's it's, it's going to be interesting to see because I know I keep hearing some of these new tracks popping up around, and man, I just have never felt like I got into this. I literally got into this discussion again this week about what track. If you could just go spend X amount of money, mm-hmm. where would you? If you could spend X amount of money and make a track come up to snuff wherever you are. And I said, well, Road America, number one. Like, can you imagine if you just had a checkbook big enough where you could just make everything the way it needs to be there? Yeah, like if I am homologated, you mean? Make make all the gravel traps or runoffs, all that stuff, you mean? everything perfect. Make it all, like, yeah, make give yourself plenty of room. 
I'm like, Road America is such a great layout and it would be so neat to listen to MotoGP bikes going down those straightaways. You know, I just think that in and amongst the trees there, it'd be an amazing event for everybody. And you know, another one that I actually mentioned on the, on the list was if they could actually, if they could actually, again, open checkbook, let's fix it and make it MotoGP regular, uh, regulation, um, would be, I, I used to go to Watkins Glen and ride that track with my dad. It's just a pure car track. I mean, it's guardrails mm. everywhere, but the layout and the area that it's in and all that Watkins Glen would have been such a cool place as well. Um, did you, you never went up there with me? Did you, you ever go up there? Not with you. Never went up to Watkins Glen with you. Yeah. We used to go there. Did they really? Yeah. They used to run a 24 hour at Watkins Glen. Wait, 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 wait. Before when? my time. Before my time. I would time. say that's before my time too. Before my time. Because the guys that I that I won the super sport endurance championship with in ninety five, six, yeah. whatever year that was, they used to this guy Mike Reed was telling me about racing up there and he said there was like one person who had like a bonfire and it and all you would do is like go down this one this one straightaway and just stare at the bonfire. And when it got to a certain point, you just hit the brakes. And, Interesting. and that was the first time I'd kind of heard about 24 hour endurance races. And like, I used to go there. I used to go there in the mid eighties and late eighties with my dad at his schools. And I was just a kid and I got great memories mm-hmm. about all that area. It was upper state New York and that track was great. So no, but, but you know, getting back to it, it's, I know Coda isn't like a rider favorite, and so it would be, it would be great if we just had a track that was just epic, you know, like we got a couple coming, we got a couple good yeah, ones coming. Be so we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Our calendar could look a little different in 2024 and 2025. Yeah. So it's, there's tracks out there that want to host Moto America races. They just don't have infrastructure currently in place. And right. when I mean infrastructure, I mean like they don't even have power. You know, we it's, it's, you need minimum like bathrooms that you can get away with bringing bathrooms in. Like, you know, even Laguna has to do that. There's a couple places where they'll bring some bathrooms, roll them in. But to have some basic stuff like power and not rely heavily on generators and yeah, it's it's a thing. So correct. Hopefully, you know, these tracks, especially the country club tracks, like the one in Tennessee. Uh I that's the, the one I keep it. hearing about. Yeah. I mean, I've seen the plans, like the four or five year plan for that thing, and that's gotta yeah. be very interesting. I mean, they're gonna have like shops on site houses condos um it's gonna be broken up into like on one area will be uh like um like a track day entrance and then on the other side of the track will be like the pro like the professional entrance so that'll only be used occasionally i mean it looks pretty good i've had some friends here in raleigh like take trips up there or thinking about taking trips up there to buy that stuff yeah but the cost of it is insane like is it i mean i've heard i've heard just for a plot of land for the house is 600k yeah, just just for the for just for the and it's in the middle of nowhere, Tennessee. So yeah. I, I don't, we'll have to see. I mean, if if they they have motorcycles in mind at that track, and that's really a big deal because there's a ton of tracks that are out there. There's that one that opened in the Ozarks, right? That looked amazing, yeah. but Armco everywhere, like just, just cars so weird, focused yeah. on cars. Yeah, we're yeah. kind of hung out to dry a little bit because motorcycles need a little bit more space than cars do for runoff and safety and all that kind of stuff. So. It's funny, you know, cause I, again, I got into this conversation. We, I was with a group of people on the weekend and, you know, we had a lot of time to talk cause we didn't do anything Wednesday and it's pretty funny G Dub because I was trying to think of a safer track than the one that I ride the most, which is Chuck Walla. And I can't think of any, you know, like it's safety it's, wise, safety wise. I just can't think of any, it's places so it's motorcycle friendly. It's wide open out there and it's really safe and, and um, we were just talking about different tracks. We were going through the calendar and talking about different tracks, different places, even stuff that's not on our Moto America calendar of places that I've gone to that are safe or unsafe or whatever. And, uh, you know, it's a great thing about Chuck Wallace. It's really safe out there. And it would just be so great if we could just have that kind of everywhere, you know, just make it to where bikes are going to be okay if they have any issues. Did you ever go to Putnam? Did you do Putnam Park? Oh, yeah, Putnam Park, of course. Yeah. I mean, you got that's another one isn't, that's really safe, Putnam except the for the that last that, corner. That last corner, corners. yeah, last corner, that right-hander coming out of the front straightaway. Yeah, with yeah. The, with the pit, pit, pit entrance. Isn't that the mm-hmm. one that has, like, Big Bear or something? They have a corner they call, that's like, right. Bear. Yeah, yeah Big Bear, like, Black yeah. Bear, or something like that. The left Black Bear, yeah. or something like that. Yeah, I Correct. enjoyed the layout of that track. That was good. Um, yep. No, there's a lot of places. That, what was the one where we went to with MJ? Uh, the one in Michigan? What's that one called? Oh, Gingerman. Um, Gingerman. Gingerman yeah. Raceway. I, I enjoyed the layout of that track. And when, yeah, when the, we went there with Weir the first year that 
that they built it. So the pavement was 100% fresh. There was no anything to hit up there. Like it was kind of wide open. Have yep. you been to Calabogie in Canada? I have not heard it's for great. a yeah for a computer generated track. It's one of my. It, I really like the layout of Calabogie. There's a there's one <laughs> big issue where kind of in the middle of the track, headed towards the second half of the track. I think it just seems like it's in the middle. You just go. It's like a hard breaking straight with a left hand corner, and you're just literally breaking into a massive boulder. Like oh god, because it's it's all built in like rocks and stuff. But okay. I, I enjoyed the lay- layout of that place. That was good. Yeah. So yeah. No, money, I think it's I went to, to Mossport up there. I mean, we could talk for forever of of all the tracks and stuff. Um, yeah. I just yeah. I just wish I just wish that we could have a truly epic racetrack that we could take bikes to, and it was and and it really was a representation Look, of you the US, you and i you know? have had this conversation okay there's one track president <clears throat> who i had a conversation with recently who basically outlined it and said you know motorcycles are a small percentage of my revenue and the largest percentage of complainers and that's yep. that's where the problem comes in because we do need safety we do need things we need runoff and you know all that kind of stuff i love i love how complaining is trying to make it safer <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, but but the problem is with all the revenue that cars generate, and I nobody complaining about that. That's that you know that's the reference, and that's the hard part. I do get it. So I do get it. It's like just, you can't uh, stop saying we don't. You know, you can't stop saying we don't want safety or we want safety. Oh no, no, no. it's when you and you know the thing is is everybody's talking about Road America and the repave, and I'm like, yeah, it's 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 unreal. It's going to be smooth, but that means the lap times are going to be a lot faster, which a means barriers faster. get closer and. Yep. Those kind of things. And and really you can't have one without the other. It's like you've that's the stuff you gotta start to think about. And um, you know, that's for me, Road America is it's the best track in the country for me. And the area, everything that is involved with everything up at Road America, it's the best event. And you know, unfortunately we can't run you know, we can run our stuff there, but we just can't get any world stuff there. So no, even a world superbike at Road America would be good. Well, at least I'm sure Ducati would love it anyways. So. <laughs> yeah, they would. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you wouldn't so. get the, the fastest top speeds at Road America as opposed to like a Catalonia or whatever, only because you have to climb that hill, you know, to, to get to the front straightaway. But you would still have, on a MotoGP bike, I would still imagine that they're probably in the two, 210 range by the end of the front straightaway. Or the faster the faster section is down into turn five, right? Like yeah, that's turn five. They, they'd be ripping down there. So, yeah. Yeah, it'd be pretty but, pretty solid. Anyway, uh, the Vision Wheel M4XR Suzuki team, Jay, are going to be at the Daytona 200 with a three-rider team. Now, the usual Super Sport contingent, which is Tyler Scott and Teague Hobbs, will be there. But they're also adding, on the GSX-R750, uh, Mexican and former Super Sport champ Richie Escalante. So what are your thoughts about them taking their Superbike star to Daytona and have him run the 200? Great. I think that... Uh, I Didn't you tell me... That Escalante is also signed up for the Loudon thing too. That's what I had heard. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's Loudon it's. Classic. I mean, uh, look, you got Richie Escalante. You, you, he's still he's capable of winning, and it's you know going down to Daytona. I think it's good because we got a couple of our Superbike guys, at least well, just right off the top that I can think of. Three guys that run our Superbike championship are going. Four guys actually at Daytona. We got Cam Peterson, Escalante, mm-hmm. Josh Heron. Dave Anthony, who else am I missing there that also runs Superbike during the course of the year? Now, I've, now I've stuck my foot in it because now we're, we're going to forget somebody inevitably. But, but I know that those four guys are in our Superbike Championship full time. They're all going to be running at uh, at Daytona, so that's going to be good. Um, you know, Campy's coming back to try to win it, and Josh Heron didn't he run out of gas last year? I think Heron yeah, ran, they out, ran of out, out of gas, and because otherwise yeah. he would have been up there, obviously. Um, I think Escalante. What, I think M4's biggest downfall last year was pit stops. If I'm not mistaken, I think that's kind of what set them back a little bit. They had some problems with pit stops because I think Ty Scott was running up there. If I'm not mistaken, somebody was, I, or Escalante. But you know they're going to be they're going to be much more polished and ready to go with the 750. You got to think this year. PJ Jacobson. He's going to be another one on a Celtic on a Celtic Titlers Racing mm-hmm. R6. So he'll be there. Uh, I mean, those, those are like five, I mean, we got some, as far as like the, you know, you got Camp a lot of Heron podiums, and, a lot of super bike podiums, a lot of super bike podiums just in, in those five names. Yeah. Yeah. Just scanning the entry list. That's, that's what I see. Five full-time yep. super bike riders. 
Yeah. Then you have like Brandon Posh is going to do it. Obviously, he won it last year. He's back on the triumph. Of course. You know, he's a stock thousand guy. Hayden Gillum's going to be in the mix. Another, I mean, yeah. So when we talk about our Daytona 200 preview next week, we'll we'll maybe break yeah. that down a little bit more. But uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, I think it's it's um it's going to be it's going to be a great event. It's good to see T right. Hobbs in there with those guys as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what Teague's going to do this year. Yeah, it's going to yeah, be good for stuff. Sure. All right, well, that'll do it from your news presented by RI. Thanks, G-Dub. So this weekend was the opening round of World Superbike in Australia. And um, it, obviously, it, it was they had some mm-hmm. weird weather over there, too. Um, blustery conditions, rain even, um, on the first day of racing on the Saturday. But, man, it was really the Ducati show. Uh, Batista just smoked them and. All three races, uh, you know, in the rain, it looked like Johnny Ray was going to maybe have something for it, but Batista just picked his picked his time and was able to kind of run Johnny down, stay with him, make the pass, and then pull away by three and a half seconds. Top rack ends up third with Locatelli, Bassani, Lekawona, Chevy Vierge on the Hondas end up sixth and seventh, Greg. And then uh, Petrucci ends up eighth over Redding and Gerloff. So we kind of had a mixed bag. We had some Hondas and Ducatis and Cowies and Haunt, uh, BMWs all up in that top 10. Race two, Greg, from that point on, when you look at the Super Bowl race, again, in the dry, there was nobody that was going to get near Batista this weekend. Him and Rinaldi, both factory Ducatis running away. Razgatiaglu ends up third. Alex Lowe's ended up fourth in that one with Locatelli, Philip Odell, Ray, Lekawona, Bassani, and Vandemark. Uh, in your top 10. And then the final race, Greg, was just pretty much a yawner. Unfortunately, it was a yawner, uh, except yeah. for the battle that we had there for a while for fourth. Uh, Batista and Rinaldi got away, and Locatelli did a tremendous job. I think he had a really good weekend anyways, did Locatelli. Uh, he ended up third and was able to kind of keep that gap back to that big battle for fourth that included Bassani and Odell. Lekawona was in there. Alex Lowe's was in there. Johnny Ray was in there. Um, and Top Rack was in there, got thinned out a little bit when Al lost the front in um, Miller Corner there, and Top Rack was just to the outside of him. I, I kind of cracked up at everybody talking about how Al took out Top Rack. Uh, uh, Top Rack was just to the he, left of him. Somebody, it wasn't, somebody said that? I, oh, my one God. One person dude. say that he took him out? People said that, yeah. I mean, in, in a sense, he did, but Top Rack was on the outside of him. It wasn't like Al came charging down the inside and – Lost the front, you know. I read, I read that some was stuff just that, top rack's bad line choice at but, the moment. It was, no, That's all it wasn't even was. a bad line choice, dude. It was just bad luck. It's like, yeah, it's just bad the thing, luck. Uh, Al was talking about. I saw some quotes that Al basically was talking about. That was the first lap that Bassani let everybody into there, and mm-hmm. it kind of checked Johnny up and it checked Al up. And Al said, "Look, there's a little bump there that everybody hits, and it's one of those things." And it 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 just bottomed the thing out. I think when he ran over that little bump and. To be fair, Top Rack was just in the wrong place, wrong time. It wasn't really anybody's fault per se. Oh, but even Top Rack was just like even he said bad the luck. same. Hundred yeah. percent, he said the same. So Batista, Rinaldi, Locatelli, and Bassani ended up winning that battle for fourth over Odell. So he had four four Ducatis in the top five. Greg, um, obviously, we know that that Alan Top Rack were out, but that's pretty impressive for the for that manufacturer, Lekawona, Agurda, um, who we're just going to piss Josh Merrill off. I'm just going to say his name wrong the whole whole year. Um, because Josh Merrill's, you know, giving me pronunciations, which I love. So it's awesome. Johnny Ray, eighth, Petrucci and Gardner. Who, who is that? Top 10. Exactly. It's just Josh. You know, Josh. He's, he, yeah, you, you know, know, Josh. Yeah, he's best. He's a good one, but he likes Maybe to razz me. He like he likes to razz me. Yeah, yeah, you just don't know his last he name. He knows how to speak Swiss German, so he knows the proper pronunciation. Of he accuracy. does. Yeah. Mm. And now we're giving him way too much playtime. Way too much, Merrill. Way too right, much. Way too much. All right, let's go back to let's go back to race number one. Yeah, let's the talk about these a little bit. You huh? is okay. Do you think Johnny Ray would have been three point four seconds behind Bautista had he not lost his upshift and downshift assisting? It would have helped him, if huh? You, if you noticed, I mean, I noticed it with at least twelve laps to go. Was the first mm-hmm. time I really paid attention to it, and I yeah. saw him blipping the throttle up and down. Yeah, and I was like, and. We know, you and I both know from data, from everything, like there, there's a reason why there's auto blip downshift and there's a reason why there's quick shift upshift because yeah, yeah. per shift, there is a time, there's a time that it takes to blip the throttle. We're talking maybe even hundreds of a second that add up to tenths that add up to one, you know, seconds. So it's a legit Correct. thing to not have those, those tools. And even Johnny admitted, took him a little while to figure it out. And he said it was really crazy on, on braking. 
And Jay, you and I have taught, uh, you know, through your schools or your curriculum for years, we've taught along with a bunch of other instructors you've had about the fundamentals, right? About, yeah. about, about downshifting, about RPM management, about those things. We know that people aren't great riders. That's why manufacturers come up with stuff like steering dampers, which are standard everything. these days, right? Yeah, uh, Slipper yeah. clutches, yep. traction control, wheelie control, lodge control, auto blip, downshift, everything. Because yeah. it helps people that aren't really good at the mechanical stuff. Right. So what well, did you think when yeah. you watched the race? And I and I have to say, I didn't watch it live because East Coast, you know, what it's like one o'clock in the morning and I just wasn't willing to. But I noticed that Steve finally, Steve English picked it up at, with seven laps to go. And I was really glad he did because I know he's got a keen eye. He and does. I was like, yeah. I was like, come on, Steve, come on. You can see it. Yeah. You can see it. You can see it. You know? Yep. So what do you, when did you pick it up and what do you think? Do you think that he would have been able to keep it closer? I, I literally picked it up around the same time Steve did, if I'm honest, because, um, you know, it was one of those races where it's, it's so crazy how hard you can push on the rain and it's so fun riding in conditions like that. I know people think it's miserable. Most track day guys will tell you they never want to ride in the rain and this and that, but, but man, it, it's, it's, it's so much fun. And, uh, you know, the, the, what you got to remember G-Dub is that the electronics are, are built into all of those things working, right? Auto blip and, and, um, quick shift. So it can actually mess up the electronics and things a little bit. It didn't look like it was that big of a problem, but it definitely is. Now it's think time. It's stuff that you got to think about doing that those guys have just become accustomed to not having to do anymore. Um, and so that think time is really the difference. And, you know, it was a hard race for him. Uh, it was a hard race for all, everybody involved. I'm trying to think of who are, who are our big non-finishers in race one. Um, Al slid off in that one. Uh, Sykes. He ended up, he ended up, yeah, but he ended up like a lap down. Like he came in the pits, didn't he? Something was going on. Vandermark, Vandermark had a pretty big crash in the hay shed there. So I think that it was just a lot of think time and, and, and really Greg, what it did for me watching that race is solidified a couple things. Um, the Ducati's obviously gotten a lot better, um, even than it was, than it was last year. Um, Batista's riding incredible. The bike is good. But if there's a race, I was sitting there thinking to myself, you know, when Bautista and those guys kind of talk about his weight being a disadvantage, if there's a condition that you could maybe see it, maybe be in a bit of a disadvantage, it might be those conditions. And you could see there was no disadvantage whatsoever. He just kind of locked in, didn't let Johnny get too far away, um, and then just started to close that gap a little bit. But you got to think that with some of the stuff that Johnny was having to navigate around the motorcycle, that, that it didn't help him. For sure, it didn't help him at all. I mean, when you think of great rain racers, you know, in, in motorcycles, a couple people stand out, right? Colin Edwards was unbelievable. Um, Simoncelli was really good at it. You know, people look at Petrucci now and say, yeah, this race, you can't. I mean, he had no experience on the Pirellis at all. They had no rain Correct. maps or anything like, I mean, yeah, he's got his experience on the bike from last year. I think we ran one, ran one rain race, but doesn't really compute. But anyway, when you really think about the great people in the rain, they're always kind of taller people, you know? Yeah. So, so so I agree with you. I've always I always felt you're you're taller, Jay. You're six feet tall. I'm six foot two and something. Yeah. I always felt I had an advantage in the rain because of the way I could use my body in the rain and I wouldn't have to double stack knee pucks. Like if, if you ever watch like Pedroza in the rain, it practically triple stack knee pucks. Correct. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I agree, but I do think that had the electronics problem not happened for Johnny, I think that he would have definitely given Bautista more a little a bit more more of a run, and then we would have seen just how good Bautista can be in the rain. But I agree with you, the Ducati has made a step. I just and I don't know the solution to it because if it's going to be like this the whole year, it's just going to be an absolute snoozer. No, but, it's going to be. I, I look. I don't want to put everything on that first race, okay? In the sense that you know. There's a lot of things going on with the rules and all this. And this is the problem when it comes to balancing, like you and I have talked about, how are you ever going to balance it to be exactly kind of fair? And, yeah. you know, the hard part is, is, okay, like, I, again, I don't want to put it all just on Phillip Island. Phillip Island's a little bit of a special track. Um, we don't, I, there's really not a lot of tracks like Phillip Island on the calendar. There just isn't. It's just, it's, it's the best racetrack in the world, by my opinion. Um, and I don't want to just like have it be where we think 
everything just based on Philippine. There are going to be tracks that they're going to go to where those guys are going to run closer. The thing I want people to pay attention to is how, how far behind everybody else was and the fact that there are customer Ducatis up there, so-called customer Ducatis, battling with the likes of Top Rack and Johnny Ray. Um, the, I mean, Johnny Ray and Top Rack, say what you want, they're not 6th, 7th, and 8th place riders. They're just nope. – they just aren't. So if people think that the, the rules are actually perfectly squared up and fair, it's a little hard for me to believe. But I also think that you'll see Johnny and Top Rack and the normal cast go more to the front at some of the other tracks we go. Now, whether that happens this next weekend in Indonesia or not, I don't know. Um, it's a it's an interesting place. So I think <laughs> if we kind of scam through the results and just kind of instead of talking about every single person, you look at by manufacturer, Ducati by far and away had a tremendous weekend. Uh, a lot of their riders were up front. I love Bassani. He just doesn't care. He's He's definitely got a little chip on his shoulder, so he battled hard in all the races that he did. And his goal is to, you know, go up and chase Rinaldi. Rinaldi in the first race, Greg in the rain was 14th. And, uh, which was a bit of a surprise to me that he would be that far back. Um, Honda looks like they made a step G dub a little bit, but they're still second race. They were 13 seconds back. Do you see how happy Lekawona was with sixth place when he came across the line? Yeah. They've had a rough off season, I think. Yeah. I think, well, they've got some concessions, right? So they've got some things that they could do. The Honda will hopefully, hopefully will continue to get better. The BMWs are just nowhere. And it was kind of an interesting week for them. The first BMW over the line on, um, on Saturday's rain race was Redding and he was charging. So he ended up, he ended up ninth and was going forward pretty quick in the second, like the Super Bowl race. Vandermark was the first guy, Greg, he was 10 seconds back. Um, and in a final race, uh, the, the closest BMW was, I believe, let me just get this right. Yeah. It's Vandermark in 12th place. And he beat, he beat Redding by five seconds. Vandermark was 12th, almost 30 seconds back. So how about this? It was BMW 12, 13, 14, 15 in that race. So what does that tell you? God, so that's a struggle. I mean, factory BMWs are really, all the BMWs are really struggling over there. So um, dude, did you see their swing arms? The new swing arms? They I have did. On those bikes? Yes. Dude, they look like someone just took up the biggest chunk of aluminum and just stuck an axle through it. Yeah. Like the thing is the most massive thing ever. And it just doesn't seem like that's the solution right now, but all right. Who was most, who was most impressive for you this weekend? You know, I have to say in the rain, I thought Garrett Gerloff did a good job. If you looked at the race early on, he was way back in like 16th or 17th, and he was able to, with not a lot of attrition, work his way up to 10th place in the rain. Uh-huh. So I thought that was pretty good. But I think um, impressive-wise, I think Dami Agurter. Yeah. I mean, you're going to say it. I knew we're always on the same level here. We're, you know, Agurta was amazing. Qualifies third, like yeah. you said, and – Dude, it was it was a shame to see him and Remy come together. That was a big one for that team to see. Hey, to your boy Petrucci was at it again, banging off people just like he was the beginning of Moto America season last year. A lot of people forget that. So yeah. he got a penalty after day one, didn't he? That penalty or, was stupid. It was it was stupid. They gave him a one. So bad, penalty. man. What are we doing? Like it's racing, and these guys come together. It happens. It's like, and they just dock him a place. I'm just like, you know, it's it's like, look. It man, when you got guys fighting for the same spot, it's I, I still believe that nobody literally just picks somebody out and goes, I'm gonna go run into that guy. But when you're fighting I, for the same positions, it's gonna happen occasionally. So yeah. as much as Petrucci, as much as Petrucci will talk about rough riding, it's like or any of the guys, it doesn't matter who, I guess, but he, he did have a tendency to do that. It's the thing is, is it's look, racing, look, it's tight, it's close, it's what it's gonna be. It's happened before where someone has like literally said, I'm going to run into somebody. It has happened before, but it's not the, it's not even close to being the norm. The story I think of, of course, is, is powder puff flat track racing back in the day, which is women's Kentucky racing where <laughs> Rose Hayden was like, had beat this, this woman or something. And, and Baba, it was her last race. She knew it was going to be her last race. She had won the championship for, I think three years in a row. I'm sure that Roger might be listening to this going, you're not telling the story right, but I do know this bit. It was the last race of Rose Hayden's flat track career. 
<laughs> and this one rival was beating her. <clears throat> yeah. And she got to the last lap and she said, I'm T-boning her no matter what. She's not going to beat me on my last race. That's and funny. just ran into her and cleaned them both out. Oh, God. <laughs> so, like, I always laugh about the Haydens because people look at Earl and they're like, Earl, man, he was the... I'm like, no. The competitive side of the Haydens, all that, like, drive comes from Rose. Earl was the Fe- nice one. Females. Yep. Yeah, because... Yeah. Jenny Rose used to ride and all that. So yeah, oh, yeah. Like, hey, everybody know. says Jenny was the best, actually. So yeah, of them all. Well, up. Anyway, I think that so, World Superbike, yeah. World Superbike, right now, I really want to. I don't want to pass too much comment on it. And no, because because you're because right. Because it is Phillip Island, Island. Phillip Island. It's like it's like if we went to Daytona and we raced Daytona, and then we said this is exactly the way the season's going to go the rest of the you know the rest of the way because of Daytona. It just doesn't happen like that. It's a different race track. Yeah. Yeah, I just think that now, I just think that right now, in my opinion, Batista knows he's on the best bike without question. He's got a steam, he's got a, just a ton of confidence. And when you just run away and you hide from guys like Ray and Top Rack and your teammate and literally just run away from everybody, it's, it has the potential this year to be a bit of a snooze fest, which we're all hoping it isn't. I'm hoping it's not for, for Steven, for, for Stevie English and, and Alex in the booth, you know, cause you and I wouldn't know what that's like. Um, <laughs> and, and, and we have, and we have, uh, and we literally Greg, right. I mean, when, when those races happen, they're really hard to call. Like people don't realize how hard it is to just talk about the same stuff and it's difficult. And I thought that the fact that they stayed on that battle for fourth for nearly the entire race, like you didn't really see the first three guys the entire race no. long. And that's just, I, I always feel like it's such a bad look on any series when you're focusing on a race that's for fifth or sixth or eighth. I love it for the competitors, but you want your, you know, you want to try to have your racing up front about the most you can. So it is an entertainment industry and dude, an to, to pile industry, on yes. to the Ducati thing in Supersport, They won two races too. Yeah. Bulaga yeah. looked unstoppable. I mean, yeah, you're hundred percent right. I mean, I'll let you go through those results if you want, but yeah, it's, I don't even have them up because, like, I was just like, but the way Bulaga rode, you're just sitting there going right, right now. It's like, uh oh. So Ducati, after one year in Supersport, have really figured some stuff out. But again, I think it's more. I think it's more a thing for the track. So you had Bulaga win in the first over Spinelli, who I'd actually never heard of, and John McPhee, which is a crazy great story. The fact that John McPhee led, he is going to struggle, I think, really hard in the dry this year. And again, you go back to, you know, this is a track that he knows well, obviously, because he's he's raced there in, uh, you know, in the world championships before. In Moto and 3. that was so in the rain. And John, who for a smaller guy, too. John's really good in the rain. He, really yeah. good in the rain. Yeah. And it had to be a oh, big we- jump for him. And I'll tell you, the other one that's really hard for me to stomach is, I mean, I know it's, I know what I'm about to say, it, it sucks, but seeing Tara McKenzie, you know, Basically, he finishes 16th, a lap down on uh, the second race. And it's like McKenzie's fourth, what is he, three-time BSB champ? Something like that, and, yeah. Yeah, he ended up, first day in the rain, you know, he did a nice job of of being up there for a while and, and obviously having having an issue. Um, sorry, G-Dub, I'm looking at something here. That race two results are where McKenzie finished back. But in race one results... Um, they've got it up here where it's like a red flag. So I've got to go to like the second part of it. But, but when you look at how that Honda went to the front, he did really good when that, when that bike was, uh, in the wet on the Honda, he did a pretty nice job. But other than that, it was, it was a bit of a shit show for him. Yeah. Hopefully they're going to get better. I know that, uh, you know, they, that they have no real data on the world's super sport level for that Honda CBR or whatever. So I'm sure that they're going to look at it. The thing that I did like about fifth. Race, he ended up fifth. Sorry, GW he ended up fifth. So, yeah, yeah. Fifth. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing I liked about race number two was, it, you know, it was, it was pretty close, you know, in, in race number two and you had a Ducati, a Yamaha and a Kawasaki all racing up front. And so yeah. like, when I see that, I just keep going like, awesome. Like this is the, the kind of the parody that we're looking for. This is part of the balancing act. And then to have that MV Augusta F3 800 finishing in fourth place. With Schroeder, so, yeah. huh? That's great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So 
I'm sitting there going like, cool. All right. So that's, that's job well done. And those rules, of course, directly translate to what happens in Moto America as well. And we know that there'll be a, you know, an MV Augusta coming in for a couple of races this year. And we have the triumph at Daytona there. I've heard rumors about possibly those triumphs racing some more races during the season, but great. It's hard to say. Anyway, yeah, so that's so we kind of hear that. How about this? I was looking yeah. at get the top speeds. Bullock is at two seventy seven point six, so he's he's um, which is obviously very fast. Um, so I'm looking. I'm trying to see if this is for the race or if this is for okay. It's qualifying. So for the race, two hundred seventy seven clicks down the front straightaway. Mackenzie's at two fifty nine. He's almost twenty Ooh. kilometer down on the Honda, Ooh. and he is he himself is down another. He's down nine mile an hour or nine kilometers an hour to the next slowest bike out there, which was Nordine on the other Honda. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a bit of a shame. I, I just don't like seeing a guy as talented as Taron McKenzie um, rolling around back there and 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 last. You know, hurts yeah, my no, heart a little good. bit. And I know that he wants yeah. to get on the big stage, and he's probably got some sort of maybe some sort of path there. But you gotta hope that he can get on a bike that will at least let him showcase his talents a little bit more than what it did. And again, it's Phillip Island. Let's move on to the next one. See if they get some things figured out on that bike for him. Was he on Pirelli's too? He was on Pirelli's in BSB, right? BSB, or, yeah, or, he would have been. Yeah, yeah, what yeah, he would have been Pirelli. So just but, track. But do they had bike. trouble? If you've if you looked at some of the preseason stuff, there were times where he didn't even show up on the results. He was just down at the bottom with no laps. And Steve English told me a little bit of stuff about it, but um, you know that'll be something that maybe we can bring up or talk about once we see let's get the season going. I think the season for him will really start in Europe. You know, the other interesting thing is I found out was do you remember? Uh, I was really excited for Luke Power getting a chance to ride World Supersport. Yeah. And did you hear? Did you know why he wasn't there? No. Apparently, they don't let any rookies do the flyaway races, so he won't be at Australia, oh. which is his home race, which, which home is track, really weird. Yeah. I mean, what, where where are these rules coming from? Like, if a guy is ready for World Supersport, he's ready for World Supersport. What is this? If that is actually the reason why they're not letting rook, they're not letting rookies go to flyaways. I'm like, is that even or is that real? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> so apparently, that's that. Especially, I don't understand a, it. A dispensation should be made for someone who, if if they're not from Europe, they should be able to at least fly away to their home track. Or and he's Australian. Country. You would think. I just don't know where that comes from. And Obviously, so we didn't we didn't get to see Luke, which was a shame. And then, you know, we know Bradley Ray is racing all the European rounds uh, with his Dude, new Luke Yamaha was probably team, so. Luke Powers probably at home going. Are you kidding me right now? It's raining mm-hmm. at Phillip Island. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, are you kidding? I'm a you rain imagine? guy. I figured out I'm a rain guy. Can like, you imagine? US. Yeah, he uh, would have been. He must have been just twitching. He'd have been. He would have been so good in that race. So, mm-hmm. anyways, they're back in Indonesia this weekend, G Dub. So those guys are. Uh, on the move, and then not a fan uh, of the then, racetrack, yeah. but we'll see how it goes. Bit of a stop yeah, and go I mean, there. Yeah. It's totally Just from what it looks but, like, people I talk to yeah. again, they're they're mm-hmm. the same way. G Dub, same as you. That's all right. Get in, get out, whatever. Hopefully, yeah. the weather will be decent. But Indonesia, anything can happen. Like literally minute to minute. Let's go off to Supercross because that happened in Arlington, Texas, at AT and T Stadium, where Cooper Webb had the overall. This is one of those triple crowns where they run those three short races. Uh, Chase Sexton was in second place, Eli Tomac in third. Cooper Webb went 5-2-1. Those are his finishing results. And yep. then Chase went 3-3-2. Tomac went 1-4-6. Jason Anderson ends up fourth with a win in the second race. Kenny Roxon in fifth. He showed some pretty good speed. In this first race, he was second place. Uh, and then you have Plessinger, Barsha, Christian Craig in eighth, Cooper, Justin Cooper in ninth, and then Justin Hill in tenth spot. Um, the championship looks like a two-point lead for Eli Tomac over Cooper Webb. So it's 160 to 158 with Chase Sexton at 155. I know you saw these races. What did you what did. did you think about just the entire evening? Um each one of them were a little bit different. The first race to see Anderson on the ground, those are the things that Jason's gotta stop. Like, and he's even self-admittedly said, I gotta stop making these small mistakes, but you know, first turn pileups are going to happen, but he had to pick himself up and he recovered to finish eighth and re- literally ran away with moto number two. Um, and then, and it, like you said, great Ken Roxon was, was pushing the entire race. The first one, he pushed Tomac all the way to the end. I mean, it was pretty close. Um, and so Roxon ends up second and then sixth and then fourth. Um, Cooper Webb though, man, 
dude, the guy's just a grinder. Um, five, two, one. He ends up winning the sec, the last race. Again, Sexton makes a mistake, tips over. Um, such a shame. It, it's the, you know, Sexton goes three, three, two. You got to feel like once he figures this out, once he figures it out, Greg, Sexton's going to go on a run. He'll, he'll, you know, it's like you can see him kind of being one of those guys that when he figures out, he's going to win like six in a row, right? Um, yeah. It's just going to take him to get through a full race because there is zero way that you can – any athlete, when you when you go through what he's going through right now, it when he gets to the front, he takes the lead, he rides so well, and then I think that the longer he's in the front, probably the more pressure he gets putting on himself, I would reckon, in the sense that it's like, okay – I've led this thing. This is my chance. Let's not make a mistake. And then the inevitable happens. And they're all like this mistake here was a small one. And we saw Tomac make a mistake in the third race. Um, the thing that blows me away about Tomac is like he was actually leading, kind of getting away, riding really well, crashes, picks it up in like fourth, and then gets passed by two guys. And like all of his momentum, all of his rhythm were just gone. And which was a little bit surprising to me because Plessinger passed him, which uh, was, was interesting. Plessinger goes by him as well as uh, Roxon. They both passed him. And um, so, yeah, I was curious with Tomac sometimes, but uh, Tomac's hope- crash. Don't, don't you think Tomac's crash was, uh, was a confidence crash versus like the crash that Chase had earlier. It was that right-hander. He wasn't in a rut. It just kind of lost the front. That was like a mistake, mistake. The reason I But the race before that, real quick, G-Dub. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah. The race before yeah. that, that rut was formed in that corner, like exactly where Sexton was. That They they created yeah, it right they, there, and they, they flattened it all out, right? flattened it out. So you're 100% yeah. right. It's like there might have been a little bit of a groove there, and the front just kind of came up out of it. But that was a place where, where, where Tomac, the race What earlier, I'm talking yeah. about with Tomac, Jay, is like he came over the jump, the right-hander, and it was like yeah. I think I've seen this with other riders in Supercross before. When you get kind of a flow and you get confident, it was like he had the bike turned before he even landed. And when right. it landed, it just didn't have any weight on the rear. So when he initiated the throttle, it kind of spun out on him. And it like I slid thought, down the backside of that tabletop, didn't it? Yeah, like almost, a little bit of lean you know what I mean? But he yeah, had the yeah. bike turned, and instead of like just finishing the jump and then turning, and I yeah. thought he's feeling the flow right now. He's kind of in a rhythm, and I just think that it was his crash was like, like just more of a confidence crash than it was the way Chase had his, and that's kind of the difference because we don't see Tomac crash like that, you know, like leading a race no. and stuff. He doesn't do that very often. He does it, no, but he, not very often. He needs to seriously come to us for some riding lessons. I think. I mean. <laughs> You broke that down pretty well. So I think if uh, if he needs a number, I think he should reach out to you. Hey, uh, does the phrase lick a dick mean anything to you? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Mm. Um, okay. What about 250s? 250s I got. Class, Nate, Nate Thrasher Nate. goes 223. Yep. Didn't win a race, did he? No, no, I thought you had. Do you have it up? Go ahead. Yeah, I have it up. I have it up. Yeah, yeah. So, yep. so Thrasher didn't win a race, but he goes 223. And then you have Jordan Smith who went four one five. You have Hunter Lawrence who went one three six. Think probably everybody's biggest surprise that he didn't win this one. But the other big thing is is Jeremy Martin in sixth place, just behind uh, Ansi. He went six twelve one. I mean, yeah. two fifty was like a crash fest, like I'd never seen. Hunter Lawrence still has a good lead though. It's seventy three points over Max Ansi with sixty two. Nate Thrasher has fifty seven. Uh, break down what you saw in the 250 class. Well, Jordan Smith's kind of the Chase Sexton of the 250 class, to be honest with you, because every week that guy breaks my heart when I watch that guy because he, you know, we've seen him run up front on the on the Kawasaki's and he runs up front here. He wins the second race, fourth in the first. But it, again, it's all little tiny mistakes. He crashes a lot. He falls over and slips off and gives people the chance to uh, to – to, to beat him. And it's like, I think even in the race that he won, I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, he kind of ran off the track in that one too, but had like an eight second lead and was able to get back on and keep it going. And, um, you know, the, the problem is, or it might've even been in race three where that happened, but I Jordan tips off a lot. Nate Thrasher riding really, really well. And that's what you got to do in these, these triple crown races is show some consistency. Um, the Lawrence brothers, I, I know they had jet on the telecast and, <laughs> He's talked about a little bit of bad luck. And what is it with, I don't know what it is, but like Hunter Lawrence, it seems like every time that poor guy does tip off, he always loses his visor. Always. So I didn't even notice that. That's too Yeah, his, his visor like got ripped off. Plants. Yeah. And, but, uh, you know, 
the thing is, is that um, I enjoy those triple crowns. Like they're they're something different, aren't they? So it's kind of fun to yeah, I like kind that. of fun to watch those a little bit. And uh, but he rode, you know, uh, Nate Thrasher rode really well. I'm just trying to see what the points are in that one. Um, 73 for Hunter, 62 for Ansi, 57 okay. for Nate Thrasher, Hayden Deegan, 53, tied with Jeremy Martin. So Jay Mart's actually tied for fourth place currently in fifth. I mean, that that old salty dog, he could make a push and finish in the top three, I think, at the end of the year. 100%. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, no, it'll be, be interesting. Where are they at this? Oh, they go to Daytona. They're at Daytona this next week, right? They sure are. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm leaving tonight, believe it or not. I'm, I'm driving down to LAX and catching a flight to Florida tomorrow. So I'm trying to decide if I'm going to rip over to that or not and just uh, and see it. I'll be a little bit, be about an hour, hour and a half plus from from the Speedway. So I might just watch it on TV. But um, but well, Supercross. Don't to get your fantasy picks in on East Coast time because you got to have 7 yes. o'clock East is, is probably the deadline. As, yeah, you know, exactly We right. move to our next segment, which is. Our pot, our, our. Our Greg's Garage Pod uh, pulp standings as of now. Uh, Racer Russ in the lead. Um, he's first with Rotten in second. PM140 is third. Tabels is fourth. Beat JP43. At least my at least my initials are up there, so I'm rooting for them. Uh, so they're running fifth right now. Um, and it was funny, G Dub, because as far as I just learned, I think it was you that taught me how to look and see who's doing what during the course of the week. The highest point score for the week, Super Dave 22. Unbelievable. 293 points. 293 points. Dude, that's insane. That's insane. That is so good. And then um, Jeff Wheel, is that him in second? Yeah. With 286, D40 gets 280. So... Mikey Gilbert had a good week. I had to listen to that. He ended up sixth overall with 275 <laughs> points. You did too, though. So, you had a good week. You were 14th with 268. I mean, that's a point tall. Yeah. yeah. I, I've actually, without that one, I mean, it's, it's a shame that I screwed up and missed uh, the first week because I'm only like 218 points out of the lead, I think. And uh, Yeah, but if you look at your average point scoring, if you had – you know, the way you've been going, you probably would be right there, in, at least in the top 10, if not in the top yeah. five. Yeah, yeah, I think so. So, so uh, Uncle Skip is 12th. Yeah. I'm going to catch him. It'd be great to catch him with a with a race down, but I'd be at least able to well, give Gil- him some Gilbert's sort of 18th, shit. so you got you got a better yeah, I gotta deal with him. chance of catching him. Um, did you miss this weekend? Yeah, I missed it. Yeah, he used to, yeah. Nick Sealing, who's usually pretty good, is 27th. Dougie's 28th. Uh, if you're wondering what we're got? talking about, oh, it's the Grace Garage Pod Pulp MX Fantasy League for Supercross. And we have 316 people in the in the pool. If you win it, you get a Rye helmet and Dunlop set of Dunlop Q5 tires. If you're second place in this pool this year, you get a set of Dunlop Q5 tires. If you're third place, you get a set of Dunlop Q5Ss. And these are great new launch tires from Dunlop, track day and street, like kind of canyon carving type stuff with the S model. But Jason, we need to give away a Moto America Live Plus app code. So we have okay. code to give you and you get Moto America Live Plus uh, for, for the year. Now, we do have 316 people in the mix, Jay, but there are a few people that aren't even participating that are just kind of in our league. So what I okay. want you to do is pick a number between... One hundred uh, between one and one forty six. One and one forty six. Let's go. Let's go. Just for David Kolb this week, we're gonna go seventy seven. Seventy seven. All right. So seventy seven, and that is going to be. Oh wait, there is no seventy seven. So let's not? go ahead. Actually, well, that, that's no, perfect. There is. There, there is. is. There's well, there's we. There's Jeff Wheel in seventy six, tied with oh. our boy SV Beast. Oh, that's the, and that's DJ. That's DJ. So DJ just won himself. Well, code. neither one of them. Neither one of them need that. That's true. That's true. All DJ right, so. is going to be at the races. Wheels going to be at the races. Oh, reason I said DJ seventy-seven. Travels, maybe. Did, did yeah, you hear? Right. Did you hear? Cole went forty-nines this week. Yeah, you told me. Yeah. That, so I had to do it just for him. So I, I should take less crap for that now. Um, so pick another number. Pick another number, but don't pick eighty. But don't pick. But don't pick 80. All right, let's go. Um, 
I'm just looking away here. Let's go 63rd. 63rd again, another number. All right, so tied for it? tied for 62nd place, oh, so we'll have God. a 63rd. Just ahead of Garrett Kai is RSV Rob 51. RSV Rob 51. Congratulations, you've won yourself a Moto America Live Plus app code. Go ahead and reach out to me on social media. Probably message me on Instagram. It's Greg White TV on Instagram. And let me know where we can get you the information for your Moto America Live Plus code. And we will get you last last round, by the way, 233 for RSV Rob 51. All right. So that'll yep, do it perfect. for our fantasy stuff. Next week, we have no idea where Jason Pridmore and I are going to do this podcast from. I should be we're still home. You're going to yeah. be in Florida. You'll be in in Florida. <laughs> I got but fun, we're going to have a, I got a fun little of, nine days. You got a fun little nine days. Yeah, yeah. Not, not stuck out of Chuck Wall in the wind. So we're going to preview the Daytona 200, which Jason and I will be in the booth commentating. Um, and then we're also going to talk about what happens in World Superbike, uh, Indonesia, and, and the race results and start to dive into that series because that's going to be round two of 12, I think, this year. Mm-hmm. So yep. they're already going to be one sixth of the way through their season after this crazy. race. Yeah, crazy. So they're they're getting after it. So anyway, we saw yeah, Tomac and Tomac uh, getting back to Supercross real quick. You see, he came out and said he's going to do the outdoors and all that stuff again. I did see that. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's great. I was kind of surprised to see that. Oftentimes, we see racers that are getting a little bit further on in their career either choose to skip Supercross or you know outdoor, one of the two. So yeah, no, it's. Uh, it's going to be good, G-Dub, and I'm looking forward to getting down to uh, down to Daytona. I'm actually really excited about getting down to Daytona. You know how many years it was until last year, really, where I was like, ah, eh, Daytona. Ugh. Ugh. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't believe how much it's changed. But uh, I got a buddy coming with me this year that's never been to a motorcycle race, so I want to take him and show him. Uh, might go check out the dirt track a little bit. I'm probably going to end up going downtown for one night just because, because I think it's something should, everybody should see once. Gotta and the weather looks – I mean, how – how much better does the weather look this year than it was last year? It's going to be in the says like Dude, 70s. Don't say that because it's still too far out, isn't it? It's too far no, out. No, it's going to be up. good. Nah, it's going to be great. <laughs> let's, let's hope so. <laughs> weather, weather never changes in Florida. No, the fact that it was below freezing and I, my plane couldn't take off Sunday morning yeah. was... Oh, it was the worst. Hopefully we don't by have the, that because it was it looked I, chilly. I got rid of the pink fingernails, by the way. Yeah, you know, I did see that, and I'm pretty upset that you did. I was really hoping that you were going to run those pink fingernails all the way through. Although the the person who put that nail polish on you, I mean, I, don't, I think she was trying to paint a barn that was supposed to last 100 years because she was yeah, coating she, that stuff on. I said, Alyssa, we got to do a little better. Josh said, nope, not doing it. So as the bet went, like probably two and a half years ago on the wall, there was a little wager met that, you know, if she ever got down to the 55s, I'd paint my, my fingernails. And the second it happened, I knew I was in trouble and big Tim was out there with us. So I tried to hide behind him on the wall. Hopefully she didn't see me. And (laughs) she ran with that nail polish out to the wall and started the painting. So I knew, I knew that it had to come off when I was sitting on the couch last night and my mom comes and puts nail polish remover on the table next to me with something to clean it off, which goes, get rid of that. My mom, get rid uh, of that. <laughs> oh, you man, if it, you mom. had kids, like every one of my buddies who has kids, especially has a little girl, they all wear nail yep. polish. So what's the big deal? You know? Yeah, their, it's their really little, funny because I would catch I would catch people staring at my nails. Like I went to a coffee <laughs> shop yesterday in Palm Springs. And these two ladies were like, you can kind of see they were trying to make eye contact and talk to me, but they saw me with pink fingernails. <laughs> Well, I'd like and the I, pink underneath your underneath your eyes. That was that was good. Mickey. How'd you get that? That off? was Mickey. Yeah. yeah, Mickey Grant. I like saw it dripping off my finger, so he grabbed it with his and you know gave me mm-hmm. some more paint under the eyes type of thing. You know. Yeah. So yeah, hey, good Anyways. for you for paying that bet, dude. That just that just hey, shows a lot of integrity. Fifty fifty fives, man. Alyssa, I was super impressed. That's awesome. There's That's a lot of things. Dude. There's. There's a lot of things that are uh, that that were good this weekend. You know, for as bad as the weekend was weather-wise, sun- Sunday was perfect, and so many people were doing their best lap times. Like it was the tracks. Yeah. The tracks really settled in now, hasn't it? Well, the tracks great, and you know, you know, Liam you know Grant, I mean, the right? surface, you know, the, the, yeah, the, yeah, all the tracks good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tracks yeah. sound it's fast, uh, but you know, Liam Grant, you know, his dad Jason, he's a great mm-hmm. guy. He's he did forty eight three. Like he's ripping. It's like so fun to watch these guys that have been out there for so long 
and they're making these big improvements and it's like, it's really cool. It's really fun watching people improve. So yeah. Anyways, um, you're going to be, when do you take off and come down? You come down Wednesday. I'm dry. I'm driving because you're going to drive. You're going to do it. Yeah. You're going to yeah, drive like okay. 10 hours or something like that. So I haven't really decided when I'm going to leave, but I'll definitely be down there. Cause we, it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So yeah. I'll be down there sometime Wednesday. Wednesday yeah, and I mean you in a car driving, that's nothing new to you. So that'll be that'll be a quick one for you. Um yeah, okay. Well one you and I'll stay in touch. Roads in the country, but we'll see. Is it? Interst- um, Interstate ninety five is just a shit show. Yeah. Is it? Yeah, well, I guess I'll uh I'll be taking you know, I'm gonna be coming on Wednesday, I'll be coming from down south of Florida. So I'll be taking that up north, I guess, going. So that'll be fun. Um but yeah, yeah so excited. we'll just have to figure out Tuesday when we can do the podcast on Tuesday or whatever. Because so you might be driving too. Or no, you're going to drive I'll Wednesday. I'll be driving. I'll drive Wednesday. I'll leave Wednesday. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, G-Dub, I want all you right. to have a, have a great rest of your uh, Tuesday. Have a great weekend, all that. You and I will stay in touch. Everybody out there, enjoy Indonesia World Superbike. We'll come back with our Daytona 200 preview next week where I'm going to force Greg to pick a winner and just piss everybody off. So that'll be good. And uh, have a great week, everyone. See ya.